Thank you for joining us for Beholder's Eye, Ravenloft, Side-Eye, Thingamabobber, Majigger. It's what we do when one of us can't show up. Uh, today, we are joined by the always consistent cast of... Let's let's start off with uh, Sam. Who are you playing today? Remind us of your character name and your class and, and race. I am playing um, Riley slash Horace for this evening, and he is a warlock dampier that looks like an elf. Totally an elf, not a monster. Okay. Um, totally an elf, not a monster. So if if we're... Let's get a little uh, anachronistic here, um, dimension-wise. If Riley slash Horace were to watch a Fast and the Furious movie, which one would be their favorite? Um... Fast Eight, the Fate of the Furious, I think it's called, with the eight in the yes. fate yeah. word. You, you know, That's it's, it's a good movie when the naming yeah. convention's the same as on a license plate. <laughs> yeah, I, I that exactly, and it and it's always good when a movie starts up with a man walking out of a hospital he just shot up inexplicably. I think that's that one. That anyway. sounds fantastic. Yeah. <laughs> um. All right, let's jump over to, to Butters. Ryan, tell us a little bit about Butters, his, you know, who Butters is, what he does, and, um, you know, all that fun stuff. So, Butters is a fairy hexblade hexblood warlock. Um, he considers himself better than everyone and likes to fly around. Has a sweet tooth. He's a sweet tooth. Interesting. So, w would Butters approve or disapprove of pineapple on pizza? Disapprove. Any particular reason why? Not the right texture on pizza at all. Mm, yeah. I wasn't sure if he felt it was just beneath him. That's what, like, the peasantry would eat. Uh, pineapple's quite an exotic thing. It's just not on pizza. Gotcha. Try to mix two different exotic styles together there. Enjoy them separately. Mm, right. It's a little gauche, I see. All right, and uh, Four Ipsum. Ben, tell us about Four Ipsum. Well, my name's Four Ipsum. You can call me Four, and I am Changeling Sorcerer. Currently, I look like an elf. All right. So, as a um, a sorcerer, would 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 you say that um, for Ipsum had had a, a time in life where prestidigitation could have you know cleaned up the vomit and other parts of his body from a long night of binge drinking, or was he very chaste in his young night life? Mm, definitely, definitely could have used it at some point in my life. It's 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 kind of hard to do what I do and not drink myself into oblivion for it. Very good. All right. That's good to know. So where we're picking up right now is we've got our cast of characters. They've gone to the house of Halvrest, and um, they battled some... Uh, well, first of all, they came across a spirit of a woman named Mara Silvra, um, and they devoted themselves to helping her out. They met a couple of ghost hunters essentially named Irina and Ez who are really kind of taking this from a scientific approach as much as you can uh, they set up a seance uh, uh, a seance board or excuse me a seance and then also a spirit board 
and uh, using some of the bone planchette to communicate with the spirits. Your team ended up communicating with uh, Mara Silvra, and she told you to take care of the chimney witch that you had already encountered a little bit in the kitchen. You guys were able to do that, um, as well as taking care of some you know, demonic busts that had come to life before then. After that point, you learned a little bit about Mara Silvra and how she was a warrior who was in charge of this land for a little bit. Dalk Drainzorg took it over. He was a warlord who, who took it over. And uh, a lot of the nobles who had worked with Mara and the aristocracy actually betrayed her and went to go stay in what was known at that time as Castle... I wrote it down... Where is it? At the castle. Um, let me... Son of a gun. Uh, oh, uh, the castle Levents. There we go. So she, which is the only thing left standing of the castle at this point, is that tower that you all explored last time. Um, so... Anyway, Mara ended up taking revenge. She led a troop after a bunch of battles with Dalk Dro... <laughs> I'm going to have trouble saying this guy's name the entire time. After the, the battle with the warlord Dalk, they ended up coming in and slaughtering everybody in the castle. Uh, in the castle events there. So, you learned about all of that um, from Arena and Ez. And um, after learning that and defeating the witch, you all realized you were a little beat up and needed to sleep. Plus, Arena said it felt like the energy had gone and dissipated for the night. So, where we will start is with you all sleeping, unless you had anything else that you thought you wanted to do before nighttime. Nope. Think, okay. Well, I think we're good. All right. Yeah, I, th I think I'm good okay, also. Cool. So, um, Riley Horace, as they're dreaming, you suddenly find yourself in the castle, Levents itself. You see that Mara Silvra's army has actually breached the walls. You hear the screams and cries of nobles who betrayed her as they're slaughtered. You remember that you are Fortunato, a young aristocrat who was a one-time confidant and lover of Mara, but you betrayed her to Dalk Dranzorg so you could keep your family's wine vineyard instead of turning it over to Mara Silvra. Many of the aristocrats have been slain in the hall or taken to the tower and hanged. You are dragged through the castle. Her soldiers are tired but fueled by rage. And one by one, they hold you against a wall and brick up another wall in front of you. You look up, you're at the base of the tower. Dry hay is at your feet. Wine is poured over you. I would have given you so much more than wine, you stupid whelp, Mara says. There are only a few bricks left now. A torch is thrown in next to you and the alcohol-soaked hay catches fire. You wake up and you're covered in sweat and you notice that your skin burns like you've been out in the sun for way too long as if you actually felt the heat of the flames. And that's it. Do you do anything with that in the middle of the night there, Horace O'Reilly? 
yeah. Um, with with that, you know, um, Horace will kind of wake up in a cold sweat, because especially the feeling the feeling of sunburn makes him freak out quite a lot, um, and, and like check his skin and and that sort of thing, and make sure that it's all intact. You, you look yourself over and you're fine, other than like I said, it just your skin seems kind of irritated, like the histamines are going nuts. <sighs> this hasn't happened in a while. Hmm. And then he'll kind of start to relax and go back to sleep. And go back to sleep? You were breaking yeah. up, so not yeah, entirely sure what he said, so. <laughs> yes. Yes, uh, then he will uh, start to relax again. Breaking up again. Um fantastic there we go uh then he will start to relax a bit and go go back to okay. sleep he goes back to sleep you all wake up <clears throat> the next morning it's early you hear the sound of thunder crashing outside and the heavy rain coming down in sheets um as you awake and you could see through the windows actually you guys all fell asleep in the seance room so you can't see through the windows because there are no windows you're in the center of the house um. All right. So, what are you all doing? You're you're waking back up. You hear the crash of thunder outside. Well, are you doing anything? I suppose if we're ever going to get out of here, we need to continue through the rest of the house and find some way through the fog. Yeah, I think that would be would be rather good. Um yeah, that that thunder's pretty scary though, huh? I suppose if you'd never heard thunder before. Arenas. Well, I I've I've heard thunder, but it, it it's loud and unexpected. Doesn't that scare you? I'd rather not be in the house during a thunderstorm with uh, its construction as he looks around the walls and the you know, big open tower where we were in before. Arena well, says, I, I, I don't know what you guys are talking about. This is going to be perfect for us. Electrical storms create a lot of energy for ghosts and spirits. We'll be able to connect with them even more and maybe actually free some of the spirits from this house. And how exactly do we free spirits besides killing them? Well, you all seem to help Mara last night. By she seems to have an idea of how she can be free. When you killed the the chimney witch for her, you seem to be the spirits that are oppressing her and keeping her here. Oh, so we just must slay everything that has entered this home. No idea what you said. <laughs> no clue, man. Well, then we must slay everything that has entered this home. Breaking up again, I bet. I can see it. It went red immediately <laughs> as I started talking. Um... 
I, I think I should just give up talking tonight. <laughs> yep. Every time I, I start talking, it goes from green to immediately red. Um, well, now that you're like not playing, planned. it's coming through great. So. Um, <laughs> yeah, it, it, it's great. Let's try and play again real quick. So we must slay everything that has entered this home. Well, I mean, not everything. We're here. Just to be clear. Well, you could not slay me even if you tried, so. Well, after seeing what you did to that chimney witch, I don't doubt that. Anyway. Yeah, it says, all right, so we're going to set up for the, the next seance. I don't know if you can feel it. The energy is much more powerful today. I'm very excited about this. So um, if you all could explore a little bit more of the house while we're, we're checking this out, there's supposed to be some children, ghosts that are around here. We'd love to communicate with them. Um, you know, we talked to this Mara lady. If we could talk to that, that Dalk guy, if you, the... the the warlord, Dalk Dranzorg. You know, if you can find any information on that or any kind of item that maybe these these people had or held, then we could communicate with them as well. Sure. Certainly try, though. I don't understand why you'd want to talk to children. <laughs> What's wrong with children? Arena says. They're unruly, messy, and disobedient. Why would anyone want them? Oh. Yeah, I've never really wanted them just because I couldn't travel, but that's a that's a good point, too. Um, I don't really follow the rules very well. All mm. right. So, if you all want to do that or you can help us set up the seance either way we'll be ready here in a, a little bit um, so you're free to do what, what you guys would like at this point I need to make sure I have all my spells and hit points back first <laughs> we should definitely explore but more of the house they do tell you that there is more I mean you guys have only explored the first story of the house um, there is a they, they let you know there is a basement and obviously, you could tell there is a second and third story as well. Okay. Um, first, I need to cast my mage armor so I don't have a 12 AC. And then... <laughs> Probably a good call. Yeah. And just because, I'll also cast the invisibility and use my sorcery point to extend it. So it lasts nice. longer. Okay. All right, so you guys are in the seance room. Um, from where you're at right now, you can go to the foyer where you actually have the stairs that, um, leading up to excuse me, leading up to the second floor. You can go into the long hall once again with the paintings 
There's another hole that leads you to, well, it's the hole that you guys actually came from before that, that takes you to the, uh, the bust room as well as a few other rooms. And then, of course, to the great hall to your north is, um, that's the room where you had the, um, where you encountered the, the stained glass of Mara and actually committed yourselves to helping her out. So that's where you're at right now, and those are the options. Which way do you guys want to go? Did I lose everyone? Um, no, I'm just. No, I'm I'm here. Whichever way we have not gone yet. <laughs> well, that's the thing. You guys have gone every way. So On the you first. know which every door leads to. Look for information in those pictures or return to that same glass that talked to us or head upstairs. The, the stained glass seems like a solid lead because especially since that's where we first encountered Mara Silvra. Um, maybe after we've helped her now, she might bequeath more knowledge to us or interact Very with good us point. more. So the stained glass. Okay. You guys go up to the stained glass room. The two large doors open, and uh, you see a little bit faint light of the like early morning sunlight that's coming through the dark clouds of the storm outside. Um, you do still see the stained glass right there as it was before. In the center of the room, a tall man, about seven feet, wearing what we would consider sort of Victorian-era butler clothes, comes walking in, long tails, he's wearing gloves. He's got some... He's carrying a silver tray. He stops, and he looks at you as you enter the room and says, Mistress, we have invaders. Protect the children. And then he dissipates. Did he look ethereal, or was he... look solid? He looked solid until he dissipated. Okay. Well, um, who who is that nice man? Well, I'd assume it's the butler. Terrible service disappearing immediately upon guest entering. I would assume. What? Well, well, he said. Well, he said that we have to protect the children, or that the mistress does. The mistress, so I suppose this is where that dark fella comes in? In the past, of course. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. Um, Older future. Everybody give me from what, uh, everybody but four, give me an insight check real quick. Or no, history check, history check would be better. Uh, 12. Okay. Are you gonna... I've pressed the button. I'm, 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 I'm just waiting at this point. Oh, 16. There we go. 16. Right. So, both of you realize what, um... Uh, from the information you got from, uh, Arena, and as it probably is not actually a butler from the time of Dalk. Because Dalk was part of the castle. There seems to be a later time, like, actually, this one 
might be of the time of the actual house itself and not the tower, which is the part the time that Dalk is from. Um, so remember, this house stands on the castle grounds. And so this may have been a butler for the house as opposed to the, the castle itself. If you want to think of, when imagining their, their gear and their time, think of like um, uh, pre-William the Conqueror England, you know, um, you know, in the land of like Umbria, Mercia, that, that sort of thing. Like That kind of dresses like the dull Kamara Silva time period where the butler looks, like I said, more from like the Victorian era. Oh, got it. Okay, that makes way more sense. Like Com- completely different. Completely like, different. Time, yes. Time. So, so probably not even, not even talking right. about Mars. So Silver. you, especially okay, you, cool. Riley, uh, having had your 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 dream, would be completely opposed to the idea that this is from the same time period as is Dalk and Silva. Got it. Okay. Um, I do believe that this is actually something different in here. Um, that man is far too. Um, well-dressed to be the servant of Mara Silva. Wouldn't a servant of Mara Silva be well-dressed? I mean, um, they come from a different time. You know, I've followed fashions (laughs) for many, many years. So, um, you know, I, we used to all dress in, you know, leathers and some would call it a feudal (laughs) style. And now we're we're much more dapper than that. Yeah, I can see that in your blood armor. Th- this armor has been with me for thousands of years. It's more of a memento than it is armor. Mm. You're that old, are you? That comment just um, makes Butters laugh a little bit. A gentleman never tells. What'd you say, um, Sam? A gentleman never tells. <laughs> Sure, sounds like you're making stuff up, but... (laughs) (laughs) Who's making stuff up? Anyway, so... Okay. What's going on here, then? Um, Does my sea invisibility do anything for me? At all? Not right now, no. Okay. Just gonna keep burning that spell until it does. (laughs) (laughs) It's not a bad idea. It's really not. All right. Well, maybe we need to find the next part of this story. We saw the the butler, we'll call him, warn her of the children being in danger. Maybe we should find the children next and see what happens. What are you guys going to do? Um, you, uh, Yeah. Four oh. and butters, you guys just saw that happen. Um, what are you going to do? Seems like things want us to find these children. We heard them in one of the rooms. I can't remember which before, though. Neither can I recall. Can we do an intelligence test at all, Alex, to see if we were aware? (laughs) Yeah, uh, no, you don't need that. Um, You guys remember (laughs) hearing them running upstairs last night. (laughs) Well, perhaps we'll take a gander upstairs. I think that's where we heard them. You know, the pitter-patter of little children's feet. Not creepy at all. Yep, so, well, we haven't been upstairs yet, so it seems like the best place to explore next anyway. 
Everything flickered then, so I'm assuming it's changed to different also. Yep, I changed everything, hey, so hopefully we're right. still good. You sounded stable then. All right, you guys make your way back through the seance room and um, to the foyer. The <laughs> the periton, if you recall, was the sign of the in the periton. Once again, is a weird mix of a um, uh, a fox, a deer, and a uh, eagle. Um, is this also the symbol of the Halverest House? Don't give me that look, Ben. That that that's canonical. That's a that's D and D from like the Red Box. Um, <laughs> no, I just don't remember even talking about a periton. So oh, just... okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So anyway, that that's still hanging. The, the stuffed periton, which is the symbol of the her, her, uh, Halverest House, is hanging above the entrance. The thing you'll notice this time, though, is the periton seems to be snapping, like its its little fox mouth, what's actually a fairly large fox mouth, is snapping, like open and shut, like it's sort of, um, it looks as though somebody who has maybe been under some kind of anesthetic and they can't move their, their body, suddenly they can move one finger and they're trying to make the rest of their, their face move with it, and you just kind of hear, ah! Ah, ah, over and over again as it's trying to make it, its move. Um, and then you see the stairs that lead up to the second floor as well. Outside of the windows that you're actually able to see now, the fog seems like it is right up on top of the house. You can see thunder. Um, and by on the, on the house, I mean it's like the fog has gone up to the wraparound porch and is actually on it. You can see the light from the lightning flashing through the fog in the background. And still, you hear the sheets of rain coming down. Okay, cool. so did you guys get the gist of everything I said there? You're in the foyer. The periton is snapping away, making that uh, crying sound. You've got the fog that's encased the house and is now up on the wraparound porch. You can see the lightning glows and you hear the thunder through the fog that you can't actually see it itself. You can't see anything out beyond the porch itself. Um, and I don't know how many times I can say the word itself, but how many you, you can't see beyond on the fog is the point. You hear this heavy rain coming down. And even that, other than it grabbing onto the edge of the um, uh, the roof of the porch and coming off in sheets, you can't even see that beyond the fog. And of course, there are stairs here in the foyer itself. So what do you guys want to do? Upstairs, I guess. Well, if I'm not mistaken, yeah, we have really Seems to be some sort of alarm, perhaps. Oh, that's a that's a pretty good idea. I don't know what it's alarming for, but maybe it's just saying ghosts are coming. Maybe. Can we talk to it? Mr. Parita, can you hear me? It doesn't respond to you at all. You just hear the same uh, snapping of its jaws and the ah, ah, ah sound. Um, can I, like, is, is it at, uh, like, eye level? Or where is it at? No, no, no. It's uh, above you. It's, um, 
it's basically above the doorway to the seance room. Um, so it's eight, eight feet tall. Okay. Um, so I'm gonna, I can't see in there like directly. So I'm just gonna send a mage hand into the thing's mouth and just see if I can find something in there. That's interesting. Okay. Go ahead. Fly up there. What's that? I could just fly up there. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Forgot well, your what theory. do you guys want to do with that? Um, Should we possibly check inside? I think it's way more safe to put a mage hand in there than a whole True. one of our party. True. We should probably also check inside the um, that room as well in case something's happening in there. In the, the, the stained glass room? No, it's in the summoning room, isn't it? Well, yeah, we're in the summoning room, right? No, you're in the foyer. We're in the foyer. Oh. So those okay. guys might have done something in there since we left. That's caused the alarm. Okay. Yeah. Do my mage hand thing first, then. And yeah. yeah. We'll, we'll leave there. them to die at the ghost that's re ripping them <laughs> apart, and then we'll go in afterwards. There might be treasure here. Treasure's forever. <laughs> <laughs> so you, you put your mage hand up in there, um, and... So are you able to, I guess you, you could control it just like a normal hand, right? Like that's, that's Yeah, part it's of basically it. an extension. Can you Spirit feel things in there, though? Like root around for stuff with Mage Hand? Um, oh, wait, do you I, mean, mean, I mean, like, does it give you that kind of... Special floating hand appears well, at a point. You choose within range. The hand lasts for duration. The hand vanishes... Uh, you can use your action to control the hand. You can use the hand to manipulate an object, open an unlocked door, Store, container. retrieve an item from a container. So, yep, no problem. Yeah. Okay, cool. Um, I shouldn't have even asked that. That was even if the rules didn't allow it. I, I like this idea. <laughs> that was fun. Um, so you you stick your hand in there. Um, you root around a little bit for something. What you're able to pull out are three. Excuse me, three raven, uh, three raven feathers. And you also find a little gar. Uh, I'm going to mispronounce it because I was doing. Uh, is it garnet? A little red ruby. Yeah. Garnet. garnet. Yeah, garnet. Okay. Cool. Not that it, you know, you have any place to sell it, but if we continue these characters somewhere else, <laughs> um, that is worth 150 gold pieces. Ooh. Sounds like a secretly cursed. As long as it's on you now, cursed as well. Shut your dirty mouth, Ryan. You don't know. <laughs> Foiled the plan. All right. So you find that. What, what else are you guys doing? I guess we go into the summoning room. The alarm was on that door. Yeah. All right. She's made hand to open it from a little distance in case there is something bad in there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, you guys go into the summoning room and you see as in arena have put everything back together. Um, they're starting to get the, the candles in place. They're drawing some chalk markings on the table itself. Um, some ancient runes, magical in nature that are supposed to protect everybody against any evil spirits so they don't come out and hurt you. Um, And 
so uh, go ahead and, uh, or, and and they look at you and they say, have you found anything of value? Anything that we can use to, in our seance today? Uh, not yet. We just, there was an alarm thing on the door, so. We decided we should probably check on you. Oh, thank you. What, what's the alarm thing on the door? How am I supposed to know? I just made noise and I assumed it was before this room because it's on this door. It's that paradigm thing. Oh. And they like run out there and they start making notes. And Arena starts like sketching out the paraton itself. Like drawing it, uh, you know, Da Vinci style on a notebook. Um, you know, they're just kind of taking this down as almost excited observers. Does it change at all um, what it's doing or does it keep going? It just kind of keeps going. Okay. <clears throat> well, I was going to stare at them for a second and then just go upstairs <laughs> okay I'll follow <clears throat> you got to make your way to the second floor well I'm sorry Riley are you doing anything Riley no no Riley's trying to be quiet so he doesn't <laughs> cut out you make your way up to the second floor and as soon as you get onto the landing, you can see down into the foyer a bit. Um, so you're actually standing a little bit above where the Paraton is making the noise. And you can look down and see as an arena looking up at the, the Paraton. Um, in front of you, or to the north, is a long hallway. You see two doors to your left, two different rooms, one door in the middle. And at the end of the hallway, it actually, you can tell, leads to a, uh, the end of the hall, the hall continues as it hits sort of a, an L shape, I guess is the way to say it. There's another room at the very end of the hall. And you can see that this stairwell, or this landing, actually wraps around the um, the whole floor. So you know there are there are doors on the other side as well. Does that make sense? There's, it's like a big... The hallway's like a big square. You can tell from the way it's it, the way it's set up. So, But all you, you can see, just see one side of the square at this point. Okay. okay. <clears throat> well, I guess the best way is to do it systematically and just start with the doors on the left and keep going down. Open the first door. I'll open it with major. <laughs> You open the first door with Mage Hand, you hear a creak as it slowly opens. Dust pops off the door like it hasn't been touched in a long time. As you do that, from the end of the hallway, that room um, at the L, you hear a loud coughing sound. What do you guys do? Um, I'm gonna send a message to Butters and say did y'all hear that and it, the voices that come through are not mine they're actually other voices it's like a, a bunch of different voices all at once asking the same thing I think Butters is talking to somebody in real life. Yeah. Well, I sent a message to Riley slash Horace 
<laughs> As Butter seems preoccupied. Um. Did I hear anything? My my connection went out for a second. Yeah, there, there was. Uh, as they so. opened the, they used Mage Hand to open the door, the first door on the left, um, from the room at the end of the hall. You heard you heard some coughing. So everybody heard that. Okay. Yeah, I I, I heard some coughing. All right. Well, should we investigate that, or should we continue on through this doorway? If we close it, I use mage hand to the close the door and let's investigate the coughing. That's more of definitely something. Whereas if we haven't gone in here, if we haven't started that search yet, we don't have to keep track of it. That's very true. That's fair. So how are you guys, how do you want to, which room are you going to? The first one on the left? Or the, or well, towards the, the coughing. The coughing at the end of the hall? Is that? Yep. So you make your way through the hallway, as I mentioned before, just to try and orient this a little bit better than I said it before. You, you make your way to the end of the hall. You've got um, you pass that door that you've opened already with the mage hand. As you open the door, or as you walk past that door with the mage hand, um, you see it looks just like it's a uh, like a guest bedroom. You, you see a sunken bed in there. There's a writing desk. Um, everybody, give me a, a quick. Well, what's everybody's passive perception? 14. Oh, 14. Riley, did you hear? Um, okay. 11. Everybody but Riley, so um, four and a butters. As you're walking by, you notice that the um, the sheets on the or the the uh, on the quilt on the bed are sewn in like animals. And those animals seem to be running, moving over the sheet itself, like uh, like acting like animals would. Like there's some, you know, um, leopards who are chasing some gazelles and so forth on the sheet itself. Um, oh, like an animation sort of thing on the sheet. Yep. It's Except it's like they're sewn in, and so these sewn <laughs> characters are moving through the quilt itself, chasing each other. different let's move on <laughs> <laughs> it's it's cool but we're looking for something particular at the minute that like coffee <laughs> i will be stealing those though on the way back <laughs> all right so you pass one door on your right and uh, one more door on your left you hit the l which takes you um down this uh, this hallway and in the center of the hall, you do see the door. You can hear the coughing fit. It sounds like it's really bad. Like somebody who's been a, a um, you know, uh, somebody who's either got TB or they've been smoking, you know, two or three packs a day for 50 years kind of cough. It's really nasty. Well, keep going towards the cough. Okay. Are you going to... Uh, the door is shut in front of you. Um, it's also dust covered. It doesn't look like anybody's really touched it in quite a while. Even the handle itself, it's sort of a, a brass color that has now a nice... It's like a light brass. It's almost got like a white coat of dust all over it. Mage hand. All right. You may, mage hand and open the door. There's a smell in the room. 
that has almost a, a chemical smell, like ammonia or medication that just wafts out of it. And you hear the hacking cries uh, or the hacking cough. It sounds maybe more feminine than masculine. You're Inside doing all right room, there. The coughing just continues. Um, just so, since you guys would all be able to see inside, you'd be able to see a, a grand canopy bed that really fills a huge part of this room. This is clearly the master bedroom. Um, there is a engraved phases of the moon on the headboard and a wardrobe, a writing desk. You got a leather chair in there and mixed with the chemical smell is just the smell of mildew. I think... I guess we go into the room. Um, <clears throat> is it's yeah. like a? You said a canopy bed. I don't even know what that is. Like like a four poster bed. Yeah, like four a four poster bed. Over the top. Think of what Scrooge is always in in every <laughs> okay Christmas Carol. Okay, that's what I was imagining. Just yeah. wasn't sure. Um, so I'll use Mage Hand to like. I imagine there's sh- like the the drapes on it. I just pull it. Use the mage hand to pull it aside to see what's in the bed. All right. So as you pull the mage hand aside, or you use the mage hand to pull aside, you you see what looks like a, a hunched over form in the bed, coughing and and shaking under the comforter itself. Good evening. And if there's no response, then I'll use mage oh. hand to. Oh, okay. No, you hear you hear coughing, and just kind of a heavy. <gasps> okay, go ahead. All right. Then I'll use mage hand to tap it on the shoulder. Okay. Well, um, as you do that, what you see is, it's it's a form of a. Once again, think of it like a. If we're going with the Christmas Carol thing, that's perfect. Think think of a woman wearing a nightcap in that, that time period. Um, her hair is all bunched up in there. She's wearing a white long robe. And she turns around, and you see the sunken face and the eyes of a dead person completely gone. She opens her mouth. Her jaw hangs down as though there are no tendons that are able to hold it in place. And you hear the... <laughs> of heavy coughing as a huge spray comes out and towards the three of you. And that's where we'll call the episode. 